What's going on? We're back with another episode of Lifting Coast. What's up, Chris? Not much, man. How we doing? Oh, man. I fucking love F1 Sunday. We got some mayhem to cover. We got some mayhem. Um, we're going into summer break with just the last two races have just been incredible. And listen, the, the Lewis guys, Kurt, you're in a good mood-ish? You know, I don't know where to start, but I can see Christian Horner saying that it was team orders for Bottas to take them out. <laughs> he took one for the team, did he? <laughs> he was a sacrificial yeah, yeah, man. You just got to step up sometimes. That's all good. Oh, man. Like, Where do we start? I think we should start with the fact that Bottas just didn't get off to a good start. <laughs> it, it looked like he stalled. The, listen, when they, when they came off the line, the only thing I was looking at Lando? was Lando. Yeah. And he, I don't know if he had some superchargers. Go, like, he blew by... Valtteri and Perez and you blink like two seconds in and he's in third and we're like oh like what's gonna happen here Valtteri is just like super slow out of the gates I don't know what happened with him and then turn one (laughs) the race stops (laughs) yo not even all this mayhem just unfolds I don't even know where to say it was crazy to see Bottas lock up goes right into to Lando Lando goes into Max and then um the rest was just it was crazy I mean Verstappen had the best start. He yeah. was the fastest to 200 clicks an hour, and they were on the intermediates. We were told there was going to be rain. Obviously, we get a red flag, race stops, and then um, quite a bit of time in the pit lane. They're fixing cars. There's a lot of damage to Max's car. Bottas is out. I think at that point, how many races were uh, how many races were out? Five. So it was four, and then Lando went out. And then they had then Mazepin had the pit stop issue. So I think originally it was four. It was Stroll, Perez, uh, Charles, and 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 Bottas. Yeah, those were the yeah. four. And then Lando joined them, and then Mazepin joined them later. So it totaled six guys. So you look at it all, and it's you. Know, we've got the red flag. We're gonna have a restart. And although Bottas is out. You've got Perez out and Verstappen at the bottom of the grid. So it's looking, it, it looks perfect for Mercedes again. And we have this formation lap. And once the drivers set out on the formation lap, they're not allowed to receive information from yes. the team. So I'm watching it. I'm like, this is amazing. Lewis is going to have first place. He doesn't have to worry about Verstappen coming up the rear. And then all of a sudden, he's the only guy starting on the grid. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, so I want to go back like two steps because on the broadcast, they were like, oh, Max falls down all the way to the bottom. Perez is out and Bottas is out. And they're like, oh, man, like Lewis lost his wingman. <laughs> and then they're like, mm, like Lewis is probably pretty OK with what's going on here. Like he's, you know, he's got first. He's got a gap. Doesn't really have to worry about Max for the, for the foreseeable future anyways. So, you know, all things considered, it was not a bad start for, for Lewis. And then when you get to the restart. I'll never forget, Russell comes on radio and says, everyone's boxing. Every, everyone. Everyone's boxing. And it just, the, the camera shows the corner, and it's just Lewis coming around the corner, and everyone else piles into the pit, and we're like, what's, what's about to happen here? It was hilarious to see one car on the grid for lights out. It was just Lewis by himself. And I'm like, okay, wait, is this some sort of strategy? And then as soon as it starts, like, no, he's going to have to pit. It's done. Like, he's got no choice. Um... And the thing is, if Lewis doesn't make that mistake, again, this whole season, we talk about the ups and downs for all the, the teams that are fighting for championship, which is really just Red Bull Mercedes. 
Mercedes has made mistakes. Today, it was Lewis's mistake. If he doesn't do that, he wins the race by like 40 seconds. Yeah, so they, they brought it up and said, you know, he's kind of at a disadvantage because everyone who's behind him gets to see the person in front of them pitting. Lewis is in first, so he doesn't have the reference of, of seeing anyone else pit in front of him. For sure. But, you know, even Ocon, who was in second, pits, and everyone else kind of followed him. And it became clear, like, immediately that he was going to have to pit and that it was a mistake. And and it costed him, right? Like, he went down to 14th, I think, when he when he came out of his pit stop. And Which was kind of had to battle. Yeah, yeah. it was battle because you take all those six guys, and he just had to battle his way back in. And then, of course, um, you know, they make ba- they make up for it because he pits first, changes to the hards, gets the undercut on Red Bull, and I think it Ricardo. was Ricardo. And he goes on to make four stops, um, which is a, t- a ton of stops. <laughs> this this race honestly felt like an eternity. And to watch the the battle of him coming up on a track that is so difficult to overtake on. And I think the best part of this race was the Alonzo-Hamilton battle. Man, it was so good. Because, you know, Ocon said it post-race. He said, you know, all the credit to, to Esteban, all the credit to him. He, he had, you know, pretty much a mistake-free race, uh, fended off Vettel for, for a majority of it. But we have to give credit to Alonzo because Alonzo made Ocon's, uh, you know, last 5, 10 laps a lot easier by fending off Hamilton for as long as he did, right? And, and you said yep. it was maybe the most entertaining portion of the race, just Hamilton and, and Alonzo going around every corner. And, and Hamilton would go wide but wouldn't have enough space so he would have to back off and then you know the gap charge the battery it, it was just kind of constant right like you had two or three turns like turn one turn two and three were those opportunities and just laps kept going by and, and Ocon and was still in the lead and and by the time he passed um by the time Hamilton passed along it was it was just too late there just wasn't enough there left. definitely was not enough time left because it was before he got where Lewis got to the battle with Alonzo. They were like, yeah, he's probably going to be in striking distance of first within 10 laps or whatever it was because uh, he made the pit of lap 48. And that is where, to me, I, I see the value now of paying for that experience. You know, you get Alonzo to come in. He's older, but he has the experience. The way that he was able to hold Lewis back was, I mean, it was incredible. Lewis was getting frustrated. There were so many chances where you thought Lewis was going to get ahead and Alonzo defended. If it wasn't for that, Lewis probably wins this race because then he, and you can see now the difference between experience and and someone who doesn't have that experience um, because then he went by signs so fast. And not to say signs is inexperienced, but he doesn't have the experience that Alonzo does. So, Lewis goes past signs super easy. And then with the final lap, Lewis cut the lead to like a second. It was less than a second. It yeah. was wild. So and it was like, man, if only this guy had like, you know, two or three, I don't know, three, three or three, four laps, yeah. you know, he would have made it really, really interesting. And especially on a track, you know, we haven't mentioned it yet, but this is a track that was really hard to overtake on. They, they kept hammering that point in throughout the broadcast. Um, but to see Lewis kind of handle the, the middle of the pack, you know, going from 14th, Obviously, didn't have to battle Max one-on-one because he undercut him in the pits. Um, and then, you know, it took some time, but he was able to kind of make his way up the grid. And then you look up, and he's in fourth, you know, fifth, battling Alonzo and, and, and Carlos. And the race ends, and he's got a podium finish when, you know, it, it didn't really look that way, uh, like that was going to shape out. Yeah, I really wanted Lewis to get his 100th win today, and he, he gave it away. Um, for him to get on to the podium was great because we now go into the summer break, which is a month long before the race in Belgium. Lewis is up in the championship by six, and the constructors, Mercedes, is up by 10. So 
what a turn of events. Who do you think is feeling the pressure during the summer break? Is Christian Horner kind of uneasy? Do you think Toto and the team are feeling confident? Where do you think the momentum has swung? Well, it's interesting. I kind of go back and forth on this is because if you're Red Bull, um, you're looking at these races and it's like, well, Mercedes hasn't really beat us. Like they've obviously, you know, points, they've outperformed us, but they haven't proven that they've got the pace to match Red Bull, you know, especially what we saw from Max and Sergio, the, the three, four weeks leading up to these last two races. Mm-hmm. So if you're Red Bull, you kind of have that silver lining. It's not really much of a silver lining. It's kind of, you know, if you take moral victories or not, it's up to Christian Horner. But but do they have the faster pace? Because I think, think about do. think about this quality. It was a one-two Mercedes, yep. and I think since they've replaced the car, they've lost some pace. And, and that's the thing is with Max's crash and all the the changes they've had to, to make to it, we'll have to see how well it stands up as we kind of go into the second half of the season. And, and you know, you, you might be right. Maybe Lewis does have an edge. Maybe Mercedes does have an edge in pace as we kind of move forward. I believe that um, if Red Bull loses a championship they will blame it on that crash because although you can make the same car, no two cars are, it's a, it's exactly impossible to have the yeah. same car. And I think we saw it with Racing Point a few years ago that a really fast car, and obviously people were accusing them of cheating. They weren't able to replicate that with the Aston Martin. And now with Red Bull, they've changed the car. And I, just from qualifying, I think that they've lost some of the pace. And definitely the last two races have been crazy, interesting, it will be, um, it, it's going to be an amazing season. It has been to this point, but it's only going to get better because this battle is, is not going away. Yeah, it's going to, listen, I mean, f- even from qualifying and, and all of the races we have left, you know, we could have two or three more of these momentum swings where, you know, Lewis, uh, you know, outperformed the Red Bull the last couple of races, you know, that could flip and, and Max could win a couple in a row and then, and then it could turn again, right? Like, so... You know, it's really been kind of, I think, two momentum shifts. Like, we had Lewis won a couple of the first few races, and then Red Bull and Max won, you know, four or five or, or, you know, five or five. And then another momentum shift, right? So it's not going to be a straight line to the end. There's going to be more lead changes. There's going to be more, you know, tire-to-tire contact between Lewis and Max. We'll see what happens. But look, we, we, we want an entertaining season. We didn't want Red Bull to separate themselves from from Mercedes. That's exactly what we got. We got what we asked for. We've got what we asked for. I mean, entertainment, uh, incredible. And I think it's all working in F1's favor as they continue to grow this sport beyond the rest of the world into North America. Bottas gets handed with a five-grid penalty for the next race. Um, Obviously, I I didn't hear anything today, but I can imagine that Red Bull is going to think that there may have been some uh, some foul mischief play. or foul play behind <laughs> it, but the five grid penalty it just feels a little bit unfair. I don't know. Like I don't want to get into the the weeds about the rules and and how the stewards handle these things. It's wet, and he locked up and crashed. Yeah, I mean he definitely braked late. Um, everyone else in front of him had braked earlier, and I just think he maybe misjudged um, the corner a little bit, but. The, the five-group penalty is, like, kind of a massive deal, right? It, it's not, you know, we had Lando, once Lando retired his car, they asked Lando about it, and he said, oh, if I get a 10-second penalty for what happened last race, you know, y- you hope that the stewards handle us accordingly or whatever and just kind of made his case. 
we'll see like where he qualifies next week and uh, or, or next race, sorry, and and where how much of an impact it actually has on the points and and the race. But you know, it has a potential to to have a huge impact on on what happens. Yeah, I I, I just think there was so much. Um, I mean, just when you saw it in slow motion, the water spray, the spray everywhere, like the visibility to give someone a five grid penalty again. I think it's crazy. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We're going into summer break. There's going to be some time for everyone just to kind of relax, recharge. We could see at the end of this race, Lewis was done. He's standing on the podium, bent over. He's not even spraying the champagne. He was really gassed. Especially in the interview. Like, he, they they would ask him the question, and obviously, like, you know, he just, just raced for 70 laps. Like, he's not, like, you know, in tip-top shape, but, like, you could just tell, like, he was clearly, like, mentally drained, physically drained. And I'm looking at, like, you know, how much more does this guy have, like, just in terms of how hard he's been working and how hard he's pushed to, to get that car back up to, to a podium finish this week. I thought they were going to have to carry him off the podium. I was I was watching it, and I'm like, no one's talking about this. But obviously, in the interview, he was panting. He was struggling to get his breath. He definitely seemed winded. Um and I think it comes this summer break couldn't come at a better time. He's going to be able to really recharge and prepare for the rest of the season. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. But moving along, I'm just going to come out on the record. I'm very happy to see George Russell score his first career points in a Williams car um, to jump and piggyback off that to see Latifi score his first ever points in an F1 car. Great day for Williams and very happy for George. I, I, did think he was going to find a way to screw it up, but he got his points, and um, yeah, it, it's respectable. Well, so it, I kind of got scared. So when he came out, I think it was just after the restart, everyone pit, and he came out in second. Everyone's like, wait, what happened here? And then he fell back, and everyone's like, oh, something wrong he with He had a car? puncture or something, Did yeah. something happen? And then it was like, no, he just had to give the spots back. So yeah. I got scared for a second. I was like, He's finally in a good spot, and, and he's going to lose this again. Like, something happened to his car, but it ended up just being that he had to give the spots back. He, he overtook illegally. But, you know, obviously, we've talked about Russell, like, every week, I feel. And it's just been, you know, something wrong. There's always something with him. So happy to, to have him score points. And Latifi, too, right? Like, the, the, the funny thing is, is Russell finally scores points, and he's still behind, and he was behind Latifi. You'd think that it was, like, a, you know, a standout performance from Russell, but Latifi was right there, too. Yeah, I mean, Latifi gets four, Russell gets two. Um, but all in all, great, great day for Williams. I think that puts him ahead of, obviously, Haas and Alfa Romeo on the year. So um, good good for them. And even better for Alpine because to see Ocon get his first win since, I think they said F or what? It was GB3 like or, or whatever ago, it was, yeah. yeah. And for Alonso on his 40th birthday to... You know, they won the constructors today for the race, right? I mean, incredible effort. And it was, it's good to see a young talent like Ocon get that. And great for a team like Alpine that obviously rebranded from Renault. Uh, it kind of just adds more soul to, I think, Ricardo's departure and to see how poorly he's done McLaren. So I'm happy for the whole Alpine team. Yeah. And, and I think it's like important to note, like, as a young driver, you know, it, being kind of thrusted into the position that he was in today, you know, he just kind of finds himself in first. I mean, he, you know, even after the first corner, he jolts up into third place. And, you know, obviously after everything else unfolds, he's in first. And, and you know, we're looking around and Vettel's behind him and, and we're thinking, you know, is this guy going to make a mistake? 
you know, is something going to happen that's going to ruin this for him? And, you know, they kept talking about it. I think Vettel was maybe waiting for an opportunity to strike, uh, you know, for Ocon to make a mistake and to kind of capitalize on that. But we got to give him his props, right? He handled this. He, he was calm the whole way, you know, mistake-free, never really gave Vettel a window to, to overtake. You know, there were some, some chances where it looked dicey, but never really gave him a window and, and ran the thing all the way to the end. So, you know, we got to give him his credit. Give him his credit. Overall, like you said earlier, team effort. Alonso really saved the team the way that he battled Lewis. Um, and touching on Vettel, Vettel has done this. I've, gro- I've grown to love Vettel this year, whether it's off the track, on the track. He's got two podiums with Aston Martin. It's been a year to forget for Stroll. Stroll has been, he's just, whether it's bad luck or just bad driving, has had a terrible year in comparison to to his prior season with uh, Racing Point. But good for Vettel, man. I'm happy for him. And, and the one thing about Vettel that I want to just say quickly is, like, as a guy who who never watched Vettel in his prime, ha- has never seen Vettel win a race, it's kind of interesting and really cool to watch him, you know, watch his experience and, you know, his craft and all of this um you know, this knowledge and, and, and all the stuff that he has and really put it onto the track. And, and you can just see, like, that he's so in control of everything that's happening, you know, whether it's, you know, when to push, when to manage tires, uh, you know, just understanding the strategy. Um, obviously, you know, he, he didn't come out in front of Ocon uh, this week, but it's just really cool to watch Vettel uh, kind of perform like this at the age he is after having kind of a, a really, really poor start to the season. Uh, it, it's been really cool. It is. I think um, it just makes you love, obviously love him um, as a competitor because he's the ultimate professional. He doesn't get um, phased by adversity and he's always even keel. So really respect that about him. Um, Just wanted to add to um, this whole race today because of how nuts it was. What is where does McLaren go with Ricardo? You know, he we've talked about it. He has struggled. Um, he he is not doing anything for that team. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this grace period that we give drivers when they go to a new team. I think the time is the time is up, right? At some point, we need to see uh, results, and we haven't really seen it. We've seen a couple of you know decent points finishes, but there really hasn't been anything from Ricardo that that you look at and, and think, wow, like, okay, maybe this is the right guy to, to pair against Lando as we move forward to the future, right? I don't think we've seen that from him. Uh, and it's been, you know, we're halfway through the season. So I don't know if it's if it's a new driver or if we can expect something else from Ricardo that we haven't seen yet. I really don't know, but I know that McLaren is going to be kind of pigeonholed in terms of competing with McLaren and Red Bull at the top as long as you're not getting, um, uh, you know, very much from Ricardo week, week in and week out. I just think it's nuts that he finished 12th. Like, <laughs> no, no damage to the car. The McLaren, would you say the McLaren is the third fastest car on the track? Yeah, I think so. And, and that's the thing about him finishing 12th. Like, this wasn't a, a regular 12th place. This was a 12th place where there wasn't a Red Bull in front of him. There wasn't a McLaren in front of him. His teammate uh, wasn't in front of him. So, like, you're missing three of the fastest cars um, that you think would boost his finish, but it, it didn't. He's, he's still not even in the points. You've got the AlphaTauri ahead of him. You've got both Williams drivers ahead of him. Um, you've got Kimi ahead of him. And it's, you know, I think just nuts because this is a guy that left Red Bull. I think that was the worst decision he made was leaving Red Bull. 
He goes over to Renault, yeah, has a dismal showing there, jumps now to McLaren. And again, McLaren, up-and-coming team, future star in Lando. They've got the Mercedes power unit. It, it's just kind of been downhill for him. And I don't know if you're McLaren, if you want to keep him. He's on contract for next season. Um, I think you got to start looking at who's the next driver to replace him. And and maybe his reputation is enough to keep him in Formula One. It likely is. But I wonder, you know, if McLaren moves on from him, what his future in Formula One looks like. Does he fall further down the grid? Or, or you know, does he get another really good seat just because of just because of who he is? We'll have to see. Well, we looked at the data. And even if you take uh, his Red Bull career, I think he has seven wins in his entire career. And he was with a... a an amazing team, amazing car. So not that impressive, to be honest. I always thought that um, he was a lot better than he was because he portrays that the way he is, yeah. his confidence. Um, but I think this may be this may be it for him. I, I don't see him picking up or being picked up on another team. Um, I think he's washed. You heard it here first. No, <laughs> Ricardo was washed. You. He's uh, washed. And just to add now to that whole where a driver is going to end up, Obviously, Toto has a ton of time now in this offseason, or not offseason, but break, four weeks. It gives him time to think, you know, does he want to bring Bottas back? Does he want to bring George in? Um, obviously, unfortunate for Bottas today, but I'm still very high on them bringing Valtteri back for at least another year. Well, so I want to I ask you about that because, you know, when these conversations about George Russell started, and we can go back, you know, a year or plus, but, you know, as they got serious in the last few months, part of those conversations was because Mercedes wasn't performing at top level, right? It was, they were falling behind Red Bull. There was a difference in pace and and they felt like they were falling behind. Do you think that conversation shifts a little bit now that, you know, Lewis is in first in drivers, Mercedes is in first in, in constructors, you know, if they end up, you know, winning this year, does that change how Toto looks at that decision? I think so. They've re-signed Lewis. Um, they want to pair Lewis with a great teammate. We look back at the drama between Nico Rosberg and Lewis, two alpha drivers. If you bring in George or anyone else, do they want to be a great teammate or do they want to be an alpha? And if you want to continue this dynamic duo or this winning mentality at Mercedes where you've got Lewis as the forefront and everyone around him, the team propelling him and, and doing whatever it takes to have him succeed. You keep Valtteri because Valtteri is complimentary to Lewis. Uh, he, you can see that he's kind of got over that um, bitterness of team orders. He is all in it for the team. And I think you have to put value on that. Lewis has obviously backed him and said, he's a great teammate. You bring in George, there's going to be some, there's definitely going to be some controversy there and some friction because George is not going to want to want to take a back seat. Um, to Lewis. So I think all signs point to a reunion if Mercedes wins. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing about a George Russell signing is, you know, obviously Russell's potential is, is so high. I, I think I know you're not as high as him. <laughs> I don't think so. As I am. But the thing with him is if you bring him into that second Mercedes seat, you know, maybe as early as next year, there's going to be growing pains, right? There's going to be some adversity. There's going to be times where things don't go his way and he's going to have to deal with you know, being labeled that second guy. Um, with Valtteri, it feels safer. It feels like, you know, if Mercedes wants to compete for a championship next year, you know, obviously that's their goal. Um, it feels like Valtteri is the right option just because I think he's been there. Uh, 
he's going to know what to expect. And obviously there's a level of consistency that you, you get from Valtteri that you might not get from George Russell right away. Russell can definitely get to that point, but there's going to be growing pains. So I think, you know, if the goal is, you know, championship or, or bust for Mercedes, you know, next year, I think Valtteri might be the safer, the safer bet. Agreed. And there's obviously being the other side of it with Valtteri going to Alfa Romeo. I would hate that because Alfa Romeo's trash. Um, I why would Valtteri want to go to a losing team if that's his only option? I guess he's got no choice. Yeah. But it, it will be interesting, and I think there is going to be some. There's going to be some crazy changes with driver lineups um, over the next twelve months. I I can just see it. There's 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 going to be room for movement. Um, and I think Red Bull might make some changes again. They In the last 18 months, they've gone from Ricardo to Gasly to Albon, Albon. to Checo. Yeah. Four drivers, 18 months. And, and especially, again, it goes back to that point of if Red Bull doesn't win this year. Because up to this point, they've been in such a good position. They've done everything they, they've needed to do. They've won the races. Max has, has been world class, all that stuff. Checo has become more consistent as the season's gone along. And that's what they've needed in order to win a championship. That's what they've needed from both of their drivers. But again, that stuff starts to slip away. A couple bad weeks, you know, a couple weeks go by and, and you know, you're not in first anymore. If they don't win, I don't know. I think Horner has a, an, enough belief in Checo that, that he's the, the, the right guy for the job. But you never know. Like, there is a level of, like, um, just kind of oddballness that, you know, he might just make a move. He might just make a, a gut decision and, and go for someone else. And, you know, even if you go down the grid, McLaren, you know, we talked about Ricardo, Red Bull, you know, it signs the right guy. You, you go down the grid and there's question marks on a lot of guys. So, you know, like you said, a lot's going to change. Toto always says you need to to focus on performance and winning. Um, with that said, that means you got to make changes and pull the plug on certain people. But there is value to having stability and structure long term. As soon as you start turning over drivers, um, it, it, it's just tough. And I think that is ultimately um, Red Bull has made too many changes over the last year and a half that I think that is what's going to be their their Achilles heel moving forward. So we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for the break. What what do you think we, we should do um, over the next four weeks, Chris? I don't want to come back uh, and leave a, a huge four-week window before we jump on. Maybe we should do a mid-season break. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of rumors circling. Uh, you know the media is not going to just let it go dead. I mean, we could talk about some of the coolest moments. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of wild stuff happening in these, these first dozen races or so. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be a lot more to come, right? So I think we can definitely hop on, talk about some of the, the cool things that have happened. You know, the Max Lewis battles, some of the, the surprise some of the surprises that we've seen from, you know, the middle of the grid. And, you know, we've got some young superstars coming, right? George Russell, we talked about. Lando, we've talked about, right? Like, the future of Formula One is so bright. It definitely is. One more thing I want to highlight. Um, I think if Red Bull ends up doing one more engine swap this season, there's a 10-grid penalty. Um, and it's very, very plausible that it may happen. That's feisty. So, it, it, look, it, it's making up for an incredible season. We're halfway there. Mercedes is on top. I couldn't be happier. Before we go, who's your driver of the day? Driver of the day? Oh, I, I got to give it to, um, I hate to I hate to do it, but I got to give it to my boy Alonzo. If it wasn't wow. for him, if it wasn't for him, Ocon doesn't win this race. So, 
he raced extremely well. Um, he had Lewis at bay for seven, eight laps there. So yeah, well I'm done, Fernando Alonso. I'm gonna give it to Ocon just because I love the way uh, you know he raced today, handled the pressure extremely well, fended off Vettel, uh, and, and just kind of put himself in a position to win a race, which is hard to do, right? Like it might be you know one, two, three years uh, until he wins another race. But <laughs> you're so mean. No, no, it's not being mean. It's just like when these opportunities come, you've wow. got to capitalize, right? Wow. And, and he you did that today. So one, I give him the two, or three years. I was thinking maybe one, two, or three races, but no, no all you jumped three years, stop, bro. Stop, stop, stop. Um, anyways, that's a wrap. If you love what you're hearing here, Lift and Coast, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening, tell a friend, give us a review. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to bringing you more F1 content throughout the year. Peace. Later.